what, what do you think about that? Where 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 do uh, Buffett quotes stand now in in the investment landscape? Welcome to the last 15 with Safe and Mean. Join us as we talk about the stock market, the economy, the latest headlines, and our daily lives. Recorded live during the last 15 minutes of the market and posted right after the closing bell. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Safe and Mean may retain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. Welcome back to the last 15 with uh, Safe and Amin. How's it going? Also, a lot of people that I've talked about the podcast are like, why are you just welcoming back Amin and not welcome back the listeners? So everyone, <laughs> welcome back to the last 15 with Safe and Amin. I'm back with Amin and myself, obviously. We'll work on it. Anyways, guess which subreddit I'm on right now, Amin? Um, Wall Street Bets. No, guess again. Um, a shower, random shower thoughts, I think. No, I'm I'm on slash I'm on r slash investing, and they've actually changed the name of the subreddit to lose money with friends. <laughs> I kid you not. This was one of the most premier investing subreddits with over 1.1 million members. There's currently 3.8 thousand online, and for some crazy reason, they've decided to rename it to lose money with friends. Well. Is it they or does, does one person control it or is, there, is, it, is it a group? There's uh, multiple moderators, obviously. But I've just mm. been you know, scrolling these posts uh, through these posts, getting ready for some content for the pod. Some of these posts are, are insane. You want to share some? Yeah, so uh, there's a post saying, uh, do not buy Hertz. Uh, there's a post titled, the search for great non-US dividend stocks. Uh, there was a post about some guy who's 71 years old saying he never thought he'd see $507,000 in his uh, investment account again after what happened. <laughs> he, he didn't think he'd live long enough to see it, and he's seeing that today. So a lot of people are actually back to break even f- from the downturn. Right. I mean, I was pretty happy for those people. I think I mentioned that on Friday. Um, oh, absolutely. I'm very happy for uh, for the retirees, yeah. the, the people who are retiring and uh, who who weren't invested in oil ETFs that got absolutely wiped <laughs> out and restructured. Well, the question is... Can definitely retire. The other people will have to go back <laughs> to work. The good thing is they are hiring uh, temperature checkers uh, at all your Walmarts, Targets. So if you're around 75 to 80, you, you, you can still stand for long periods of time and now can no longer retire. <laughs> There's a job for you as a, as a temperature checker. Oh, that's that's I, just. Am I mean for saying that? Yes. Um. What? It's just. I'm. It's just capitalism. I mean, is it my fault? So, <laughs> the question is: um, Are these people going to sell everything now and just hold cash? That's the big question. The people who are now at break even. Hmm. I mean, if somebody let's, had. Let's. Somebody had a million dollars to retire with, and they've seen that, sh- you know, shrink to half a million, and they're back to nine hundred. Are they just gonna, you know, hold the bag, or <laughs> they're gonna walk away? Oh, I actually never thought about that. If you were so close to retiring, you must have had a huge portfolio, and even if it was diversified, you yeah. would have seen a huge downturn. Yeah, even if you're just in the ETF game. What? But what if you? What if you were doing the uh, sixty forty? 
or maybe a, a less aggressive stock bond split? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because <laughs> even if you're in a mutual fund you're, and you're down 40%, you're still paying management fees. <laughs> that's true. And th th that's what a lot of people get on me about, actually, especially you. Um, a lot of the time, I'm forced to uh, sell covered calls at not such optimal prices because I, I do have a monthly fee uh, because my account is less than $100,000. So I am required to generate at least $10 of uh, monthly commission or pay the difference or uh, pay $10, not to mention uh, the $4.50 in market <laughs> fees that I'm charged every month. So if I'm not trading, if I'm not no. generating any income, I'm, I'm still responsible for paying those fees. So if I can scalp you know, $20 here, $75 there, and then end up losing $1,000 in the process. No, uh, so just, I, it has well, to be done. You, you should never force a trade. You should never force a trade just because you need to create some income. You, I, I honestly didn't say it's forcing a trade to, to create some income. I looked, I looked at Carnival Cruises. It was a triple top. I mentioned to you last week on the pod, it was a triple top on the chart, the daily chart. And... A triple top usually ends up in a trend reversal. This time it didn't. Nine times out of ten it does. So that's that's why I sold the covered call based on the triple top. Yeah, that I'm okay with, but you can't just justify, you know, covering fees. Plus you have a portfolio of, you know, what is it, forty, fifty thousand dollars at this point. I don't know how much money you have, but um I mean Are we talking about book value or, or market value? <laughs> <laughs> book value. Um I mean, really, you're concerned about four bucks. It just just sounds ridiculous. So, you know, it it, it, just, it adds up. I mean, I, weren't yeah. you concerned about uh, collecting an additional five bucks for for selling uh, a huge <laughs> tranche of uh, short puts on uh, ticker SRG last week? Uh, yes. So, I don't think you can you can give advice about collecting pennies in front of uh, steamrollers. Let's just never, Absolutely. yeah, I, I wanted to say, let's never bring up SRG again, <laughs> ever. Is that ticker banned from the podcast? It's banned. I think I'm going to remove it from my uh, watch list. And I think I'm going to call my banks and tell them <laughs> to ban me from, you know, ever trading that stock. Uh, why do you, do you want to explain to everyone uh, what happened? <laughs> I think I'll pass on Hold that. Hold on. Before you do that, let's just go through the indices. Dow Jones is about uh, uh, 1.5% up about uh, 420.69. I kid you not. Right now, it's up 420 points, decimal 6. <laughs> uh, the S&P 500 is up 1%. Uh, NASDAQ, tech-heavy NASDAQ is also up another 1%. Uh, and the VIX is, is up 5%. That's a 25 now. So... Uh, the investors are expecting some volatility in the next 30 days, mm -hmm. but it looks like the S&P 500 is going to close above 3,200, and, and we know that that's a major level, and NASDAQ is knocking on the door of 10,000 here. This this is an all-time high. Whoa, yeah. I mean, I, I, I keep saying the same thing over and over again. Um, you know, just one of these days you're going to be right. <laughs> no, I, it's not about being right. It's about my what I think. It well, it's about do I think is the market overreacting? Is it overbought? Is it overvalued relative to where we are today? Yes. Uh, can I time it? Is it going to go up or down? I, I can't predict that. But my thesis, and I think 
I am right about this one is um, the market is, you know, overstretched by, you know, all measures. And we're back to levels of, you know, where we were at the, you know, end of 2019 or beginning of 2020, when we had no coronavirus, we had the lowest unemployment we had in, what is it, uh, five or six decades. Um, GDP was steady growing and and now we have this and people think the market overall is valued at the same multiple. It just makes no sense. Uh, so the Fed just recently, I, uh, right before we started recording, there was a headline about the Fed expanding Main Street uh, lending programs for both small and big loans. Uh, why do you think the Fed is making these moves? Um, well, the reason is because they see it supporting, you know, their two goals or objectives of, you know, having the least amount of unemployment possible and keeping, you know, inflation at around 2%. So that's the reason. Um, Have they seen something, you know, in the data recently that suggests that, you know, perhaps neglecting small businesses and larger ones is going to hurt the economy? Maybe. So that's maybe why the announcement was made today. I think they they are choosing to definitely uh, focus on small and medium sized businesses mm-hmm. uh, as we get ready uh, to uh, reopen here. New York uh, reopening today, actually. Honestly, kudos. So, kudos to New York. I think they did a great job. I did not expect this. I mean, have you seen uh, the number of cases and the number of deaths in New York relative to the rest of the United States? I mean, I have not. I just know it's it's a, a fairly large number. Yeah, I think I shared it with you on Instagram earlier today. But um, I mean, it, it's just a be- beautiful chart, and uh, yeah, I mean, good for them. Good job. So apparently, on Sunday, they they did about uh, sixty thousand coronavirus tests, and they had seven hundred and two confirmed cases. And I think they're planning on doing around thirty five thousand tests a day. So um, th- that's about a third. I believe of what the entire United States was doing in testing uh, just a month ago. So definitely kudos to Cuomo. Maybe that can be his uh, slogan for uh, running for re-election. Kudos to Cuomo. Yeah, may as well run. I think it's really good. I mean, if you're that popular, may as well run for president. So I think he said uh, New Yorkers uh, have bent the curve by being smart. We're celebrating. We're back. We're reopening. We're excited. Our mojo is back. He said he, he used that word. Mm-hmm. He said mojo. Our energy's back. Great. Stay smart. H- have you been keeping up with all these briefings? No, honestly, I haven't been keeping up with the news lately. Um, just on a very high level, couldn't keep keep up with the details. But I mean, I think we we get the general, you know direction of how things are headed right now. So uh, uh, Ken Fisher was on CNBC today. And? Did, did you uh, catch that by any chance or, or is your CNBC band still ongoing? <laughs> well, it's not a band, but um, uh, no, I did not see that. I just caught a clip of, you know, uh, Kramer freaking out for five minutes. You know what? When uh, when Becky brought him on nine minutes before Squawk on the Street, <laughs> around 8.50-ish or so, mm-hmm. he, he let her talk, get her point across, get her introduction. And then when he started talking, he was he was very calm about it. And I think I transcribed that in the chat, what he was saying. 
he was just very confused as to where the sellers were. <laughs> he said, I'm looking at the airlines, I'm looking at the cruises before the market opens, and it seems like they're being manipulated up. It seems like the sellers have, have just went on a holiday. Yeah. I, <laughs> Kramer is... And I kind of agree yeah. with him. I feel like... Where are the sellers? I feel like Kramer is... Um, he's maybe... He's like a teenager in, uh, trapped in, you know, you know, in the, bo- the body of an adult, and uh, like the way he, he I totally the agree. way he t- and that man single-handedly has cost me sixteen hundred dollars. <laughs> just just putting that out there. The way he talks is just like, how did you make it? Like, to th- <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's pretty popular. It's just very hard to take advice from from someone who didn't see 2008 coming you know like if you go back and you watch kramer videos from back in the day right this dude did not see 2008 coming. he has an opinion on everything and that concerns me charlie munger makes fun of that in one of the annual meetings which is hilarious i feel but um yeah i i wouldn't trust anything that comes out of his mouth i mean it's just absolute crap in my opinion sorry kramer but if you have an opinion on everything you're gonna get half of them wrong and half of them right and the and the the fifty percent that you get correct is gonna make you look like a genius, and the other ones you can just never bring up again. So yeah, back to what Kim Fisher said. So uh, he thinks that because Buffett is eighty nine, that's the reason why he's not making any moves. He said um, he he can't find history of people of Buffett's age who don't become relatively static in a crisis mm-hmm. such as this one. They just become inactive, uh, and that's what's really happening. He, he's moved to a, a rel- relatively inactive phase tied to his age. I mean, Fisher Fisher is no young guy either. He, he's about, what, 69? So. <laughs> yeah. He, he's probably salty that his clients probably withdrew billions of dollars last year after what he said about a uh, woman at that conference. But that's not here nor there. We're not that type of podcast. Did, so um, I know this is me digressing, but um, there's an election in five months. What's up with that? Is there? <laughs> well, we've, had, we've heard no updates or we have no news regarding the election. So as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's still going. Well, of course it's still going. I'm pretty sure it would be unconstitutional <laughs> to... Uh... <laughs> Just cancel an election. This is in Afghanistan, you know. Right. But I, but yeah. I think right now what they're debating is uh, mail-in ballots. And I think that's going to take a long time to figure out, especially in a place so divided, uh, as divided as the states are right now. Yeah, I think they were. I think a few months ago there were there was news about them experimenting with like voting online, <laughs> but that's a sounds like a really bad idea. Uh, at the moment, but we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. Listener question. I think we should move on to to one listener question. We haven't done those Let's in a take while. Take one up. So, um, your listener question. Uh, while most sectors are recovering from the dip and seem to be doing the uh, quote unquote fee thingy, I wonder if there's still any sectors uh, you guys are looking at which did not rally two digit numbers in the past couple of weeks. Interested to hear from you guys at which stocks you're looking at right now. Best wishes. Did you say that? I'll let you take that one. Did you say the feet thingy? 
he, well, he or she said, while most sectors are recovering from the dip and seem to be doing that V thingy. Oh, V thingy. <laughs> uh, this must be a beginner. Please don't make fun of them. Right. But basically, which stocks are we looking at right now that haven't done the V thingy? Um, so I'm not gonna, you know, recommend the stock per se, but I'll pr perhaps, you know, provide some framework, um, of what I find attractive. Um, any company that hasn't taken an excessive amount of debt, uh, during this crisis, uh, would be, would be a good idea. And one that, you know, ha has, you know, that can generate free cash flow. And it's been generating free cash flow and is able to generate more free cash flow in the next three to five years without any significant interruptions. And uh, compare that to what I was trading at previously. If it's, you know, at a 40, 30% discount, then it's maybe something you should take a look at. Um, I know the market has missed some of those and focused on uh, the bigger tech plays, but. Uh, I think there's some stocks that fit this criteria that uh, are doing pretty well. Uh, some Canadian banks too, actually. Uh, although those could be pretty difficult to value, but um, the likes of Royal Bank and TD uh, are trading at interesting valuations because, like, if you compare it how the Canadian the Canadian economy has recovered relative to the United States, and they pretty much updated got the update on unemployment on the same day, so. Canada also saw a surprise, um, but the market hasn't really rallied as much relative to the U.S. And I mean, major banks like J.P. Morgan, who, who were on sale for what 65, 70 bucks a share at at a uh, hundred fifteen or one hundred twenty bucks a share right now. So that's what. So. But that was back when we didn't know if there was going to be a credit crisis or not. Right, right? but the Canadian banks are trading at. They haven't really bounced. Um, as much, but I'm just saying it, it, it could be somewhere where you could take a look or, um, um, even some boring companies like, uh, I don't know, like restaurant brands international, they own Tim Hortons, Burger King, and I think Popeye's, uh, that's ticker QSR for all yeah, QSR. Uh, I know, uh, what's his name? Bill Ackman just, uh, double down on that one. Um, he's a personal friend of the personal podcast. Friend of the podcast. Uh, but yeah, stay, stay away, stay away from death you, you, because there's a lot of uncertainty. And, um, if you're wrong on, you know, getting the top, top line revenue estimates for the year, you, you don't want to be wrong twice and miss on the bottom and then have them have an excessive amount of debt burden and, you know, get the double punch and have them lose 50% of their value in the year. So that, that's a tricky one. Um, if you take that out of the equation and just focus on revenue, then it makes it much easier and it's a safer bet, I think. I think the the, pro the proper term for what I mean is trying to say is you don't want a uh, one-two Mayweather. Uh, as for me, I don't really have uh, individual stocks to suggest other than definitely not hurts, first of all. People need to absolutely stop buying uh, ticker HTZ <laughs> or HTZ for our American listeners. It's literally back to the same level it was before they decided to, uh, you know, declare chapter 11. I mean, if you asked me yesterday, I would probably, I would, I would have probably recommended the, uh, 
like a commercial rate, but uh, <laughs> you know how I feel about that one now. So, SRG, it's not too late for you to buy SRG. Also, what I would consider looking at is uh, maybe some sort of uh, biomedical ETF uh, composed of all the companies that are pursuing a vaccine. Yeah. One that way, at least you have some input, maybe some companies that do testing at airports. Yeah. At I know we were looking at one last week, but you know, it's kind of a penny stock. So I don't really feel like, uh, you know, recommending it. In I public. haven't, but you know, any, anything that's going to recover when, when, uh, the economy reopens, uh, like, like I mean, said restaurants services, yeah. not airlines just because uh, of the debt situation. Yeah. Hotels and casinos too. Um, I mean, I don't really understand that industry, but it's if you break it down, I'm pretty sure it's relatively simple, uh, especially hotels. But well, yeah, in a sense, it is. Um, maybe not so much casinos, but um, we've already seen significant significant upside in the past two weeks on in these two sectors. But maybe something to take a look at. Yeah, and. You know, I mean, you and I are uh, very big fans of uh, Warren Buffett quotes. So I just wanted to run this quote quickly by you, get your thoughts about it. Uh, we've been focusing a lot on Buffett here ever since his uh, unfortunate move to sell his entire airline position. Uh. So the quote says, it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes <laughs> to ruin it. If you think about that, you'll do things differently. And and it's it's uh, referenced as Warren Buffett before selling the airline's bottom just after a seventy percent correction. What what do you think about that? Where 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 do uh, Buffett quotes stand now in, in the investment landscape? I know I have another favorite one that uh, you mentioned to me when Boeing was having trouble. I think. Uh, what is it? An investment opportunity is when a very good company has a one-time huge but solvable problem, something along these lines? Right. So, uh, okay. So going back to these two quotes, um, I think what he did um, reemphasizes exactly what he was trying to say. So in terms of that reputation, um, his reputation has always been to protect his investors, um, not gamble with their money, make you know, uh, good, predictable, uh, decisive decisions for Berkshire Hathaway that's, you know, it's, it's going to protect the downside risk as much as possible, but also generate, you know, uh, you know, a relatively good return for their investors given the size of the fund they're working with. But didn't Berkshire underperform the S&P 500 for like 25 years? Uh, no, I think it's been... For the past seven years, I think. I think it was the five-year average, the ten-year okay, average. Fair enough. Uh, and and that's that, that's a fair point. Um, but typically, in a recession, it does better. Um, and I know Buffett has a lot of cash on hand, and even though he hasn't utilized it yet, but it, it, his reputation is about the way he quotes it. You know, I think it was during the last annual meeting where. A lot of people have their entire, you know, net worth or savings in Berkshire, Berkshire Hathaway, and he's not gonna do anything to risk that capital and people's, uh, you know, uh, people's money. So, and going back to the other one, um, so I actually just pulled up the quote here. The exact quote is. 
A great investment opportunity occurs when a marvelous business encounters a one-time huge but solvable problem. So I guess just dissecting that and applying it to airlines, I guess airlines, he probably, other than love uh, Southwest, he, he probably did not think they were marvelous businesses to begin with. So I don't think we, we can really, uh, so, you know. I mean, that, that's, that's, a, that's a good point, but I think, I think it's about the solvable problem. So f- perhaps it was solvable, but not in his books. He didn't really see how things can play out in the next five, 10 years f- from today and how, y- you know, there was so much uncertainty. People didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, things are looking better now, but you really couldn't predict this, you know, two months ago. So, um, yeah. Yeah, but what we know of Warren Buffett's investment timeline is it's usually very long horizon. Uh, understandable, he's 89 years old, and he may have acted differently if he was younger, say uh, 60. But assuming that he did consider these businesses, airlines, as marvelous businesses, and I don't know what he used to say about airlines before this whole thing happened, but for him to invest in airlines, he must have thought they were marvelous businesses. Well, <clears throat> and they did encounter a huge but it is definitely is a solvable problem. The world's population was not going to stay home for two years, five years, or even seven years. So if he was, in fact, basing this on, on a five to ten year time horizon, I'm sorry to have to say this, but he, he was wrong. He didn't listen to himself. Um, I mean, yeah, yes and no, but perhaps I'll give it to you. But um, it's really a very, very small portion of his portfolio so it doesn't really make a dent in looking at the portfo- portfolio overall i don't think it's significant um if if apple w- was to drop to 150 bucks a share or 100 bucks a share you know in the next month i'm pretty sure he'll double down there or add to his position or, or something along those lines because he, he thinks apple is a marvelous business whereas airlines probably he never thought that so i don't know why he would initiate a position it, it, well, I, I think he think I'm yeah. I think he thinks that Apple is a better business overall. I think you're at a loss for words at explaining why Buffett did what he did. You're just trying to find a way to justify it, so you can keep quoting Buffett to everyone. Uh, so you can keep wearing those damn T-shirts. You can have him as your uh, phone <laughs> wallpaper, your desktop wallpaper. You can keep up those posters, but you know. I'm not as much of a fan anymore. I mean, I hate to say it, but I, like I mean, that, that's better. your choice. But um, I, I, I go back to say that uh, it's about the predictability aspect. And if something is no longer predictable, then you shouldn't really, well, it doesn't really make that much sense to be invested in a business where you don't know how things are going to unfold in the next five, 10 years. If you don't have that answer, then uh, it doesn't really make sense. You should try to exit that position. So I just saw this uh, post that's now uh, trending um, on Reddit here. It's basically someone just uh, not being able to deal with what's going on in the market. It's titled, this can't can't be real. Is the whole market a pump and dump (laughs) right now? Billions printed, billions in zero interest loans, unlimited QE, fundamentals out the fucking window. Trading has literally become playing poker. Are we literally becoming the next Zimbabwe? <laughs> Someone, anyone, 
please tell me i'm i'm reading this wrong this and is why i laugh because it's it's funny but what's funny like what's the most he he says um printing billions it's 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 worse it's printing trillions so um I didn't even notice that, but that's funny. Uh, and I do want to note that CNBC has pretty much moved on from saying the Great Depression 2.0 to saying the quickest recession in history, basically. Saying yeah, I think, and and Trump um, on Friday when he took credit for the uh, jobs <laughs> the jobs uh, report or the numbers that came out, he said um, he was like people were talking about a V-shaped recovery. This is a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out SpaceX. Shout out SpaceX. Um, oh, speaking of SpaceX, I um, still waiting for my uh, mug uh, to come in the mail. There. Uh, oh, you yeah. ordered a SpaceX mug, and um, it's uh, their website is hosted on Shopify. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, uh, thanks for supporting. And honestly, if the boring company. I, I fucking missed out on that flamethrower. I 100% wanted to order one of those uh, born company <laughs> flamethrowers. They're only like, what, legal? 500 bucks? Yeah, it's legal. It's it's just a flamethrower in the body of an AR-15. Right, but you... But it's fully legal. It, it's 100% legal. They don't ship it with the uh, the ignitables. Well, I, I'm not asking... I'm not, a, I'm yeah, not asking totally if it's legal. legal to be shipped, but is it legal to you know, be used with, you know, the ignitables or the fuel or whatever and just walk around. Well, probably not against people, but you can probably use it to, like, just quickly torch. No, because, like, I, I, like I can't carry just... a gun around in my pocket um, if I don't have a license, even though, if, like, even if I'm not planning to shoot people, that's against the law, right? This is a toy. <laughs> It's a it's a flamethrower toy basically that, that's uh, kind of powerful, but I'm waiting for the next uh, gag. I guess they're going to release for the boring company because I think start out with the t-shirts and the baseball caps. I think five thousand baseball caps, then uh, a thousand of uh, of these flamethrowers. Okay, I, I have to I have to interrupt because I just saw C thirty one land, or is it thirty? Is it C thirty one? What's what's it called? What's what? Uh, the C thirty one. Those um, they have them in the Air Force. C one thirty. Oh, one thirties. Yeah, that one. You you saw yeah, it land. Um, I, I I can see all from where I live. You know, at the window, I can see uh, all the planes landing at YYZ. Uh, YYC. Ooh, well, you just brought down your property value <laughs> tremendously. It's a good thing no one right. here knows your address because uh, I don't know if you're going to be able to sell that place, man. It's it's uh, it's on the landing path of, of a major international Well, it's airport. not on the path, but I can see it. Anyway. Uh, you sure it was uh, Canadian Forces? CC-130? Uh, no. Okay. Well, maybe it wasn't the C-130 at all. We'll have to discuss <laughs> that offline. How did I want to close this uh, episode? Mm -hmm. I, forget, I I wanted to mention something, but I forget what it was. Ooh! What, what do you think? 
what will this rally end tomorrow? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But by rally, do you, do you mean like just remain flat or? I think this is the sixth straight positive close for the Dow. Yeah, weren't you predicting like a bloodbath today? I think last night. I was after I read that article saying that there was a miscalculation yeah. in the jobs report <laughs> and the uh, unemployment rate was not actually thirteen point three percent. I thought the market would would react badly honestly, to the truth. Honestly, but clearly, I, I feel like if if we owned a hedge fund, we'd be down so much money by now. <laughs> We would we would be the inverse of Bill Ackman right. during this crisis. Instead of shorting, we would have started buying after the small dip and continuously buying and buying and buying. And right now we'd be breaking even. But I do think uh, I have some breaking news here out of Tesla. So I think Tesla share price uh, has just closed at a record high. Nine hundred and forty-nine dollars and ninety-two cents. So I know I did bring this up on the podcast on Friday, saying that uh, Tesla is a one thousand dollars stock after they report earnings on the twenty-second of July. I did look at purchasing some uh, calls expiring shortly thereafter, around the twenty-fourth of July, I believe. But uh, that reporting number has not been finalized yet. If they report a couple days after that, I could be fucked. So I'm not I'm not gonna touch it. But those even the fifteen hundred dollar calls are insanely expensive. So I, I have to bring something up. Um we brought it before on the podcast. So have you seen a stock have you seen have you seen a stock get halted more than once during a tra- trading day? Yes, mul- multiple times. Usually, if uh, if they trigger oh. a five minute uh, volume circuit break, well, how many after times they get Once, resumed? Twice. Uh, it gets halted. Twice, three again, twice again. or three times. You know, in the trading day, how many times? Honestly, like if a stock is getting halted, <laughs> I just stop so, following it. I'm not so really in love with this. Chesapeake stock that Energy much. <laughs> got halted twenty two times today. Yeah, because the stock times. price tripled. for what? Tripled? You mean it's up three hundred percent? Well, now that I look at the, at one point it was triple, and now it's whoa. At one point it was up four hundred thirty percent. Today, four. Wait, one hundred thirty percent. Okay, so at one point it was up two hundred something percent. My bad, but it closed up one hundred eighty-one percent. Oh my god! What was the trading volume uh, on that name today? Uh, I didn't run my most active scanner, but I'm yeah. But to put things in perspective. On Thursday, Chesapeake was trading at thirteen bucks a share, and now it's at sixty nine ninety two. Uh, and uh, what's the pre-split price on that? Divide no, it wasn't a two hundred to one. Um, was it? Was it one twenty? Uh, I forget. Okay, so it's it's basically trading at fifty eight cents right, but- pre-split price. If it's if it was a one twenty split. But the thing that is, so I used to own Chesapeake Eight. and I, I closed my position down. I think it was after I took the profits from my cover calls that I sold, I think I was down closer to 50% on my Chesapeake position. Well, I mean, you've been missing out on a lot of profit lately. Uh, no, but not to be discussed I mean, on the pod anymore. I mean, I'm happy uh, to take a, a loss on uh, one position. I mean, 
most of the other trades were, were doing very, very well. But it's interesting to see Chesapeake bounce back that quickly. Um, yeah. Did they solve their debt problem? Their huge uh, no. debt problem? But uh, I guess just oil price recovering slowly. <laughs> um, well, I, I guess this, this just adds to the fucking market being completely out of its mind. I mean, the number of gain porn posts that I'm seeing of people saying, so I tried <laughs> options for the first time. What do you guys all think? And this is literally a fucking screenshot of some dude up over 500% uh, and about $30,000. First time trading options. And, and here I am, an options veteran. Uh, selling covered calls for 75 cents and I'm getting <laughs> taken to the slaughterhouse by Carnival Cruise. Like, I mean, oh. I do have until 19th of June for things to straighten <laughs> out and for my uh, triple top thesis to come true. But it's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling seeing these uh, first timers, you know, make uh, thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars at some points, uh, hundreds or thousands of percent of gain. And we're just sitting here, you know, I mean, you're out of the market, you're all cash. I'm sitting here down 500%. Uh, <laughs> On, on some contracts, uh, I, so I'm, I'm a bit bitter. That, to be honest, again, that contract is a is a put you sold. It's a call. No, oh, it's it's a yeah. call. Uh, I'm sorry, buddy. You know, messing messing around, messing around, messing Last... around the. Uh, you know, being at the money is really dangerous. Um, things can go bad very quickly. Yes, you're collecting a significantly more, you know, juicy premium, but uh, it comes at a cost. So, you know, uh, you win a bunch, you lose some, things work out. Yeah, to a net zero gain <laughs> after all that work. That's real nice. Last15pod at gmail.com. Send us a question, a comment, uh, or uh, your condolences <laughs> for our portfolios. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow or Wednesday. Who knows? Who knows?